0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hard Nine podcast. Today is January the 20th, division round for the NFL, and 68 days, I believe, till uh, first day of Meaningful Baseball. And as we say that, Matt Carpenter is bringing his salsa right back to the 314.
1: Yeah, I can Yeah, I can't believe that Matt Carpenter is back in St. Louis as anything but a coach. That's shocking to me. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not gonna say the signing's grown on me because it hasn't. Uh, I think it's unnecessary and grasping at straws a little bit. But my my pr- original reaction to this was, well, actually, my original reaction was, no, they didn't. Like that was a, someone's trolling me. My second reaction. Well, hold on. Went, okay, very then.
0: reminiscent when I called to when I called you and said Lance Lynn is a cardinal. Very same, same sort of feeling, correct?
1: Yeah. You know, if someone would have if someone would have said, before the soft season started, Lance Lynn and Matt Carpenter would be back in St. Louis. You would think that was a troll account that was too negative. <laughs> like, right. That's what we would have thought. Yeah, I think so. OK, well, whatever. Here we are. Um, My second thought was, oh, they're doing the retirement tour again. They're doing the Lance Lynn, Matt Carpenter going out as Cardinals. You know, they couldn't get away from Yachty and Ueno, um, and what the ticket sales that came with that. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what's happening. I think the players wanted this, based off of what I've read, and I want to go over the quote that's in Derek Gold's article that I found interesting um, about this signing. He said, "Cardinals players wanted this big time. Carpenter has strong ties to the current clubhouse. Moselak said there were, were internal calls for a presence like Carpenter's. Goldschmidt and Arenado were close friends, and it sure sounds like they felt like they needed, they didn't have enough leadership to help them last season. That's a disappointing conclusion considering they were brought in to lead." Yeah, So that's where they're at.
0: Disappointing is possibly the greatest understatement that Derek Gould has ever reported. Um, That's not a shot at Derek Gould, by the way. I'm just saying that might be the greatest understatement of all time. You saw, look, later on in this podcast, I'm going to tell everyone how I've kind of been off Twitter. However, did get on Twitter yesterday, but other than that, hadn't been on a lot. Had a tweet that kind of went. And my first reactions very quickly right on Twitter were, this tells me that this, why do we have Nolan and Goldie, which we're going to talk about later in the podcast. Um, two, it it does make me a little bit concerned about the coaches. Now, here's one thing I've learned no. from listening to professional, hold on. Here's one thing I've learned from listening to professional athletes. So it doesn't make me as concerned about that. Is that coaches set the culture for the team, but players set the culture for the clubhouse. That's mm-hmm. one thing I have learned from listening to NBA players, NFL players, for NHLers, games, at least. and in MLB players. But let me ask you this and this is i i we haven't talked about this so you this is coming right off the top of the dome here name me a team a winning team with two future hall of famers outside of the the Los Angeles Angels let's maybe right with two future hall of famers who need to bring in a veteran leader to help them maintain the clubhouse the
1: 2021 Atlanta Braves who who did they? They do brought that in with? Pablo Sandoval to do that when they had Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna. Um, who else did they have on
0: Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley. They so brought they in Pablo Sandoval. They they said they did that for the clubhouse.
1: It was Pablo Sandoval. He was rounder than the baseball. Yeah, okay. I think.
0: That was why but there, I looked at it, I I did some research. There are no quotes from any team in the last 10 years where this has happened. So I just me, told it, you. But there's no quote – but what I'm saying is Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna didn't say we went to ownership and said we need to change the clubhouse Right, so Brandon Pablo Zandoval. Do you think – yeah,
1: I agree with that. And also, I think loving Goldie into this conversation doesn't make <clears throat> any sense because he was apparently the only one trying to do something last year. Agreed. Um And I think a lot of that's because Wilson Contreras got his balls cut off by the front office and wasn't able Correct. to do anything. Um But – I don't know how to react to this. Like, originally, I was angry. There's a quote out there about Arenado that was interesting, that Goldie was the only one um, stepping up and saying anything. And obviously, that makes you ask, why is Arenado not doing this? I don't know if the right reaction is what I had initially, which is Arenado needs to step up, or if the right reaction is the front office needs to evaluate who their people are in their clubhouse. If you get Nolan Arenado, okay, you're getting him because he's an amazing baseball player. If he is not, you know, a leader in that way, right? He Maybe he's one of the guys who just leads by example. I'm sure there are plenty of them in baseball. Um, then the front office needs to know this by year three, which was 2023, and needs to have addressed this last year instead of waiting for a year to go to 91 losses and then now say, well, we need 85 veterans.
0: Let me play Devils. Can I play Devils Advocate? Yeah. Is it is it possible that they didn't know that with Nolan simply because – Yachty was here till till 2022. And then you brought in Albert for 2022. So Nolan oh. didn't have to be the year that he had to be was last year. Yeah. So play, don't you think you could have brought devil, him into the office and talked to him to play devil's advocate? They might not have known that until like literally they now that like you don't know what you don't know. They do not talk to people I'm not, in Colorado. I'm not saying they shouldn't be culpable. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that that's very possible that you had big presences in that locker room for a long time that's all i'm saying but again it makes me question a lot of things right now with the makeup of this team and i'll say it again very rarely uh, find your pablo sandoval thing might have credence whatever but very rarely do you see a great team have to pull in a clubhouse guy to get them over i don't
1: i think a lot of them do it i just don't think they're framed this way You know, I think a lot I do think a lot of teams bring in veterans like the the Dodgers do it every year. They bring in various veterans. But they Uh, okay,
0: Yes. But they also are bringing in guys who aren't going to be the 26th man on their roster. That's what I'm saying. I mean, David Peralta. They made a trade for David Peralta, though. They didn't.
1: Didn't
0: they trade with the Diamondbacks to get him? Oh, okay. Well, either way. He wasn't their 26th guy either, probably. But that's OK.
1: Ish. I mean, he kind of was. Like, teams do this. like And honestly, I think if you're going to have a veteran on the bench, him being the last resort is kind of fine. The move itself is whatever. I think if it would have been like um, Corey Dickerson, but not him, but someone like him, and it wasn't Matt Carpenter's name, we wouldn't have had this reaction to it. It would be like, oh, they brought in a veteran. Like, veterans are fine. But I I want to share this quote also from last year that I found to be interesting from Arenado. This was when they were in a losing streak. Oh, gosh, I lost it. I'll oh, well done. I'll par- I'll paraphrase. So he basically said they asked him if Ollie was at fault and with his view of that. He said it's hard to win when you have such a young team. We need more veterans in here. It's been hard for Ollie and the coaching staff to be able to put this puzzle together. That's that's the paraphrase. I think we all heard that last year. We're like, what do you mean this team's not even that young? But that is what he said. So it does sound like this was a move by the by the team that said, Hey, we need more veterans in here. But what does that say about the veterans that are also that are already in there? You have veterans.
0: I, you signed Lance Lynn, thirty-six years. Okay, veteran position players. Okay, it's different. But, it is, but different. he's not going to be on the field, Caleb. Like he, he's not going to be playing.
1: I'm just saying it's different. Lance Lynn can't go up to Nolan Gorman and tell him he needs to fix his shit as a position player. He can't do that.
0: That's why we have Goldie, Nolan, and and Will. Right.
1: That those are the guys you need. But those are the guys. To and bar. Who's being and Brendan yeah.
0: Donovan, who they talk about being vocal. Leaders. How many yeah. leaders does one clubhouse need? That's what I, I want to know. know.
1: I don't know. And what happens next year when they're all gone? Like, isn't You're there something to be these said? Guys in?
0: For, I, I, I. It here's the here's my question to you. On the surface, it's a depth move. Fine, it's a Taylor Moder move. Like, who's not Taylor Moder? If you look at the the numbers, he brings more than Taylor Modern. I yeah. understand that, but you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a guy who. You're gonna to have to find playing time for. It. We think. That's my concern.
1: No, I don't think they're gonna I I hope they don't try to do that. Okay. I don't. I don't think okay. they're going to. That's not what he said in his press conference yesterday.
0: Okay. He said
1: they're not he's not gonna play him that much.
0: They're not playing him that much. I would rather see a depth move for a player who could come in and come off the bench and give us way more than what Matt Carpenter is going to give us. I hope he's great. I love Matt Carpenter. Let me say that because I feel like we, for the first 10 minutes of this podcast, we just shit on Matt Carpenter. Is that what I'm trying to do? No, I don't think so. But it kind of says that. Sounds like that. Well, no, not he's
1: not good anymore. Like we can be honest about it. Matt Carpenter is great. Love him.
0: He's going to be a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Love him. Yeah. Lo- love him being part of the organization. Don't necessarily love him being in the birds on the bat every day, walking out and doing pregame. That's what I'll say.
1: No, but also like as long as if he truly is the 26th man, then fine. You know, I still don't like it. I think it's a waste of a roster spot because I think you need another backup shortstop probably on this team. Um, If you're going to commit to Tommy Edmonds center field, Mason wins not playing 162 games. So you probably should, you know, figure that out. Um, Instead of having, like, for me, I don't know how you can have, like, you can logistically, and I think they will, but Burleson and Carpenter both being on this bench really limits what you can do versatility-wise.
0: Did you see my tweet yesterday? Game, like, game one, second and third, we're down one. Dodgers have their closer on the mound. Righty, all righty. It's, does he go to Burley or does he go to Carpenter? That's going to be an early test that first week. He better Let's go to Burleson. Out. He agreed, but is like, he? if
1: he doesn't, he needs to get his brain. Yeah, he and, will.
0: And- can I ask you one more question? As a baseball guy, like, obviously, when, when you say he's not going to play, this goes back to what the Cardinals have done for what it feels like since Mosaic has been here, in terrible roster construction. When you're playing now with 25 guys instead of 26 guys like other teams. And That's I understand. I mean, I, I mean he's going to be the last guy. that.
1: Well, that might not even be
0: true, though. Like, I don't, and I you don't play know. with 24 because you got a backup catcher. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you construct a roster. Yeah. MLB gave you an extra spot to give you the extra essentially to give you the extra pitcher, right? That's fine. Uh-huh. But when you construct that roster, and we've talked about this in the postseason for years. That go back to Michael Waka when they put him on the roster and did not use him until the time that they should never have used him, right? So you were playing shorthanded again. They've we've seen them do it with, with middle infielders. Why continue to play a season, especially when we know what the, the first 35 games are with a guy who you're who if they're saying he's not he's almost never gonna play. I don't understand it. Like you said, another left-handed bat. I don't understand it. Bring in a guy who can, who can play, who can give you an at bat late. Well, you in can't. The, in the well, game. it just
1: depends because you can't. You're not going to be able to sign a guy that's a good that's good on your bench because they're not going to come to you. They're going to come somewhere where they start. So but you, you can't get. Just, you, it's not that
0: simple. You could have got, got a right-handed pow, You could have got a right-handed bat, right? Instead they have another any bats. Bat. They
1: have. They have, to. They have
0: well, them. Well, you needed the thirteenth player, like you oh, did.
1: Then, Luke and Baker. Okay, fine. That's what I'm saying. Like, they don't, they didn't need to sign anyone. I didn't think they should sign one person on their offense.
0: Yeah, I would rather Luke and Baker be getting big time at bats late in the game than Ollie having to decide between Alec Burleson and Matt Carpenter. I will come out and say that okay, right now. Okay, I'll I get think, eviscerated for this. I'm sure that I will, but that's fine. I'm going to say it right now.
1: I don't think you'll get eviscerated for it, but I think I think we're looking at it on the field, and that is something they should look at, obviously. They're a baseball team, um, but that's not why they made this move, so I think it's almost like – a waste of time to talk about the on the field. He's not going to be very good. He shouldn't be playing at all. So I heard people say, what if he has a magical season? Well, then the Cardinals gave him too many opportunities because he shouldn't have the chance to have a magical season.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Like he shouldn't be able to be out of pools because he's, he shouldn't That's... get that many at bats.
0: Can we put that on, on our, sh- on a shirt? <laughs> no, I'm not going to have a shirt hating
1: on Matt Carpenter, but do you buy into that? He can bring something to this clubhouse that we don't, that we didn't have already.
0: Great salsa.
1: Like, no, seriously. Because that's why they brought him in. They didn't bring him in for the on-the-field presence. If they did, they would have brought him someone you know,
0: Okay, on the surface, absolutely. I think Matt Carpenter is a great dude. Like, I don't think there's any question mm-hmm. about that. He's beloved by everybody he's ever played with, everywhere he's ever been. The guys, love, I, I love that on the surface. But it's the, it's the shit below the surface that is bothering me, which tells me that this team is not, they're further from competing now than I thought they were three days ago. That's what it tells why me. Why don't I, why? If you have to bring in a guy like Matt Carpenter to get you over the top, you weren't near, you're not near the top. Like you're expecting him to pull you up Everest while you're down at the bottom. That's what I am Do you think it's the, you're putting a lot what? of, you're putting a lot of p- pressure on Matt Carpenter. That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, I think a lot of it's the, um, Oh gosh, the wording and the, what's the word I'm looking for? The Optics. Mo- yeah, no, whatever. The phrasing that Mo Zaylock has when he says things, a lot of it's that. If he would have just said, like, if it wasn't Matt Carpenter, if we're being honest, like, Matt Carpenter is great. He's a cardinal legend. But if it wasn't a guy that we are that we already had, like, say it was a Nelson Cruz type. Not him, but someone like that. It's oh, that, no. a veteran coming off the bench. <clears throat> and he just said, we wanted another veteran presence on the bench. And that's it. So he said. We wanted a veteran presence on the bench. We had a young bench, and we thought we could use some experience in that role. Um, And left out the clubhouse bullshit. None of us would have a problem with it, because it wouldn't sound like you were desperately clawing and fighting for uh another presence in the clubhouse, which, by the way, was apparently way worse than we thought last year, because they brought in 85 people to address it. So if his messaging, there's the word, if his messaging was better, and he was just saying things, like, even if it was... Total like we need another guy in here this is not good enough, it's not working. Don't tell us that, right like right. say we're signing a bench bet. we needed it. We wanted a veteran presence on the bench that can give us some big at bats and big spots if he need if we need him, but can also help mentor the young guys and help them in that role.
0: I'm no incredibly pumped though that we went out and signed another guy who wanted to be here. I'm incredibly yeah. pumped about that May, like do you think maybe you,
1: that is actually
0: like what they have to do because they're in the midwest. I'm almost at a loss, bro. I'm almost at a loss for words at this point. Look, I, I don't hope... even hate it. I just think it's wild. Let me like, ask you I... this, okay? Let me ask you this: What if? And I'm not wishing ill on anyone, okay? So let me preface it that way. Did you get an update? Do we have an update? Did we? T- did we just? Did we just sign Pete Cosma?
1: No, I was told I was being too loud.
0: <laughs> um, Pete Cosma, guy. Okay. <laughs> let me ask you this: What if? Come June fifteenth. Let's. Uh, it could be earlier than that. May May fifteenth. Matt Carpenter has had thirty at bats and he's Amen. hitting one one seventy like he hit last year, and he's a ni- minus WAR player like he has been. Whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Thomas the J C or Victor Scott fill in the blank are tearing it up at Memphis. Are are if if you have to have Matt Carpenter on the roster because of his clubhouse they're not getting rid of him so this sounds to me like he's locked in here through october because you need him otherwise the clubhouse is going to crumble without him that's what you just told us so if matt carpenter is awful and you got these two young guys who can't come up and play like let's just say tommy's doing fine and let's say whatever but whoever it is fill in the blank you, you can't make a move unless you're now you're getting rid of Alec Burleson or you're getting rid of somebody else because you have just told us that this clubhouse has to have Matt Carpenter because otherwise they can't function with the group that they have in there. There's a so wonderful you thing. Called the,
1: into a, well, no, no, they haven't. There's a beautiful thing called the injured list. OK, that's what they use. If you know, as well as I do, he'd be on the 60 day and we would never see his ass again. And but he has clubhouse. to be in the clubhouse. He can be there. We never see him again on the field. I mean, but if, not even that. Like the Victor Scott Thomas to JC thing. They're not bringing those guys up to be on the bench, so that doesn't even matter anyway.
0: My point was, what if Tommy Edmund is just middling along, and Victor Scott is tearing it up, and we need what's uh, middling uh,
1: along for Tommy Edmund, just being who he is,
0: below average,
1: like defensively or offensively.
0: One, Phil, I don't care he's going to be below like,
1: average offensively. We already right. know that. That's just who he is.
0: So then defensively and you need an infusion, you need something. Then, yeah, you up bring here. up
1: Victor Scott and you'd call and you'd probably send down whoever needed to be sent down at the time.
0: Now, on the uh, on the opposite of this, do you believe this means now Cardinals. sometimes we bash them and then all of a sudden we look back and we are like, oh, that made sense. Do you think there's a deal in place for do you think they're actively trying to shop Alec Burleson?
1: No, I don't think they do that.
0: Okay. I I I, I, I I've don't been think reading. So I wanted to that. I don't get think any move
1: they ever make is leading to another move. Other than the James Nail to Korea. That one was painfully obvious. They were doing something today. Um, but I don't think anything else they do is a precursor because let's be honest, this front office isn't creative enough to do that.
0: Yeah. I need you to do me some I need you to do me a favor this week in all your spare time. I need I you to go back through the history of the MLB and I need you to try to find an offseason where a team signed more players that were older than what the Cardinals have done this year.
1: They're trying to become five, the 2019 Nationals. 2019 Nationals' oldest team in baseball won the World Series. It can did they
0: go out and sign five guys over the age of 34? Probably, actually, like
1: Howie Kendrick, Daniel Hudson. I think they probably did.
0: Okay, so there you go. That was good. I don't think that's right. I think you're going to have to find that out. I know out. they
1: signed those two. I'd have to look at who else. I mean, I I'm interested in the bullpen. I'm they trade for Adam Eaton. I don't know. Yeah, probably not, though. No, we got really old people. <laughs> like, they're old, old. Like, they're not even – No, no, we like, got old. They guys and Matt Carpenter are fucking old.
0: Yeah. No By offense, the way, can I like I both say, of them, but in the last 15 years, that's two of my favorite Cardinals. Like, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and I've been very critical of Matt Carpenter at the end of his career, probably unfairly so at times, on things that weren't obviously his fault. I think there were much more front office and managerial time. problems. I hope he has a better
1: – I hope he goes out better than that. What if –
0: not even gonna say it.
1: I th- I don't even think I think when is the I, time to use him? That's what I'm wondering too, actually. Because even if you say that he shouldn't get a chance to be good,
0: like who are you pinch hitting late for in a game
1: that's not going to Alec Burleson?
0: No, no, I'm saying okay. Let's just say in a world, and then we'll, and then we'll move on to what we went on, what we, what we went one. on to. Yeah, Mace, and then you move Tommy, and for you sure. put Matt Carpenter into into the game defensively.
1: No, here's my here's my problem. If you're even doing that, and if you're like, okay, you know, maybe it's Tommy. Maybe Tommy's not hitting right. He's very well at the time. I don't know. Um, why would Matt Carpenter ever be the option over Alec Burleson? My, what okay, logical reason? No, was no I'm not, say, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. He sh- Matt Carpenter almost shouldn't even have an at-bat this year.
0: What, okay, let me preface what I was saying because I don't think you're in it. What if it's a game that Alec Burleson's already in the game? Oh, okay. A game where Alec starts. Yeah, even right. then. That means you've got Donovan on the bench, or you've got Nubar on the bench, or you've got Tommy on the bench, or, or someone's hurt. Got, or okay, so that's the only in my mind. That's the only world. Well, there's going to be an injury or, or two. It's the sixteenth inning, and again with the DH. Well, I'm even not then, finished. there's yeah. That's no, what i That's not even. That's what I'm saying. Find yeah, me I a, agree. a scenario where Matt Carpenter gets a pinch hit at bat late in a game.
1: You know what's gonna it's happen? Not
0: over Alec Burleson or a better option that's on the bench you, that day. That's you know all
1: I'm saying. Ha- I, I not but You know what's gonna happen? <laughs> um, what's gonna happen is they're gonna start giving Carpenter late game at bats over Burleson and pinch hit spots because they like his experience in those situations. That's what's gonna be said.
0: Okay, again, we go back to my scenario that I put out there. Weekend one, is it who's the what's his Evan Phillips? Nah, that's not right. What's the close? day closer and yeah. Evan.
1: Evan Phillips is their closer, yeah.
0: Phillips, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. Okay, good. And then it's they Evan have Brandon. guys like Bruce Darger at the <laughs> and we got guys on second and third. Weekend one, weekend one, one run game. Who's you up? got Burley, you got Carp on the bench. We're gonna find out a lot.
1: Who's up? I'm Len Mason hit.
0: You're like, okay. There you go. It has, well, if you he, and I, you were right. It's either Mason or Tommy. Like that's it. That's the only. Yeah, you not, they're,
1: if they're your starting shortstop and center fielder, I'm letting yeah. First weekend, can you
0: imagine? Okay. You're trying to build Mason Win into your future shortstop because one thing we know about this organization, even outside of the JC, who's probably going to play there a lot, and we'll talk about that later in the pod too. But you don't have any depth at the middle infield spots. You've got almost zero depth. They've done
1: it's it's been they've done a better job lately. Oh,
0: but it's young. It's young. You do like, have the and Prieto.
1: They've got some. They've, it's better, but it's still the shortstop position is a concern.
0: Correct. You're gonna you're gonna take your few the future. And the guy that you want to instill confidence in, you're going to take him off the field and you're going to pitch hit Matt Carpenter well, for you, they you. haven't done Can this you imagine yet, that scenario, okay, Caleb?
1: No, no, I don't but think they're
0: going to. It goes back to why sign a le- lefty bat? Bring in Nelson. I would have rather him sign Nelson Cruz. He's
1: in the front office in Los Angeles. I don't think he's I don't available. care.
0: Get his ass out of there um, and get him on a plane to the th- to Lambert. Let's go.
1: I, w- I wonder if part of it is they, they agree with you that their lineup is. Kind of set and that they're not gonna be pinch hitting for many people. So they felt like they had uh, they had room to make a move like this where it's purely for off-the-field reasons. I don't agree with it, I think that's how you get bring a coach in. And I know some people say the dynamic between a coach and a player are different, not when the player's not playing, I don't think it is. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know, but we're going very long and we already have a fit of an hour-long podcast well, to attach fine, after but... this, but. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I don't I'm also not gonna be on here that's absolutely killing it. No, but because we didn't I mean I liked the Albert Pools move, I thought it was cool. Um and then it worked out. So I don't know. Maybe he's gonna end up being the Yankees version of Matt Carpenter, but I don't think so.
0: I mean that is very possible, but here's what we know. No, it's not hold on. Four years. For years, Yachty controlled that the DJ, right? Yachty was the DJ in the clubhouse. Right. So here's what we know. Okay. They brought in Matt Carpenter. So every time, let's hope you get a job. Maybe you're working for, here's what you're going to hear when you walk in. Boom. Every time you walk in. We can't hear it. You can't hear that?
1: No, but you're messing up your audio. It's not going to work.
0: Are you playing Long Hot Summer Day? Yeah, Yeah. I figured. (laughs) So my apologies. I thought that might work there. I I don't know why it stopped. It's weird. Yeah, weird. But either way. That's what you're going to hear. It's ha- and Adam Wainwright's new album. That's what you're going to hear in the clubhouse, and what will get you more hype than long hot summer day, and Matt and A- Adam Wainwright's new album. That no doubt about it. That's it. That's why he's there. I got nothing else.
1: Uh, can we add someone in- into this team? Was really hoping team. that was going to work. Can we add someone? <laughs> can we <laughs> add someone? Well, we knew what you were playing, so it's fine. Can we <laughs> add someone to this team that has? I don't want to be rude, but gosh, we're adding the same old guy. We're bringing back the 2013 Cardinals. Can we it's, move on?
0: Move is on, there, on, dude. Last question. Last question. You're, you're, you're be, you've are you're been good on mine so far. I thought maybe I'd stump you. You might have got me on the Nationals one. You think you got me on the Pablo Sandoval, even though the Braves, Freddie Freeman, did not come out and say, we need him in our clubhouse. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Those were good. Those no, were but apparently they you... did because him and Acuna didn't <laughs> like each other very much. Number three. Number three. Is there another organization? That brings back as many former players when they're old and essentially like the cliff. Again, we talk, we'll talk about the cliff later, like that. then the Cardinals. I have a do. question.
1: Do you think we actually bring back that many, or it's just been happening the last two years? Because there's only three examples
0: I can it's give happened, you. It's happened. I can go back to my all time favorite Cardinals who? I don't know. Have you not been around? Oh, Willie McGee. Willie McGee. William bro, McGee. Yeah. in 94, 95, they brought him back.
1: Okay. And yeah, then an other than Lynn Carpenter and... I mean, it's this cool has holes, been going on my
0: entire life. Okay, right? but who else? Like, who
1: did that? They didn't do that in the early 2000s. They
0: well, were bringing the people back. Said, Fuck up. Well, well, that, to be fair... But to be hold fair... On. To be fair, the 90s, we were really bad. The only guy you were going to bring back was Ray Lankford.
1: Yeah, but also, like, the early... The 2010s, like, they weren't doing this. It just started with Albert. It was Albert, then it was Lynn, and now it's Carpenter. That's it. it has, I they feel haven't like done more than that.
0: I feel like if I go through mm-hmm. the... Okay. No, All right, like so they're bringing back maybe these coaches. got me.
1: Well, it, I think it's getting everyone because it's fair. It just continues to happen, and yeah. we're like, okay, they need to stop, and they do it again, and then they do it again. Um, I think a lot of it's also the one-year contracts to Yadi and Wayno kind of felt the same as these ones, where it's like we're bringing it back just because he was a Cardinal. Yeah. Um. So it's just people are getting beat over the head with it, okay. and it's well, getting that's... annoying. Bro. But, yeah, I do agree with you. Like, it's happening too much because other teams don't do this. Like, the only one I can think of was when the Dodgers brought back Matt Kemp, but he was an all-star when they did that. So
0: That 2034 Taylor Motter-Andrew Kisner reunion tour is going to be fucking like lit. And throw,
1: how old is he? He has to be going to be lit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Kisner, by the way, signed with the Rangers, good for him.
0: Almost two mil. I know, good for him. Yep. All right. All right, so let's move on, and we'll get into all the other stuff we need to talk about.
1: Does this change your prediction for the amount of wins the Cardinals are going to have this year? I don't
0: have a prediction yet. I told you that. So, no.
1: I do, but we won't it, say it yet. But
0: but it would not have. On FanDuel, the odds would not have moved one way or the other by them signing Matt Carpenter. And I guarantee it didn't. I guarantee the odds on FanDuel did not move.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't when they say signed Matt Carpenter did not. All right. So – Well, we have more coming after this. I don't know how to segue out of this. We have more coming after this that we're going to – we had a podcast recorded, and then they signed Matt Carpenter. So here we are. We have to add this to the front. But we have more coming after this, so that will start now.
0: That would be fantastic. Quite the test,
1: though, for the Cardinals right off the bat. I know we don't need to get into this because we have months and months to talk about it. Two months. But – That is like a, hey, Cardinals, everyone's going to be talking about the Dodgers. You guys just lost 91 games. You better show the fuck up or you're going to be 0-4. Yeah. That's
0: Um, kind of something I'm
1: interested to see.
0: Yeah, Let's hope it doesn't go like the New York Jets did when Aaron Rodgers was uh, waving the flag. Don't even put that Um, out there. Don't even put that out there.
1: (laughs) Don't put that out there. Don't put injury risk I'm just saying.
0: Let's hope it does Mm. not go like that. That's all I'm saying.
1: The Cardinals aren't quite as cursed as the New York Jets, I wouldn't say. That is fair.
0: That is fair. And we don't, and they won't be on turf. Well, we're good. We're good. The Meadowlands. Yeah, don't turf put that out. Don't evidence. put that. Yeah. Don't put that on. Screen. No, I didn't. I didn't. I just said I hope it doesn't go like that. Don't say that. Don't even say it. Um, seventy days, ten weeks, and we have absolutely no idea what to expect. Which is great. That's again. Here we go. It's like Christmas Eve all over again. We have no clue what we're getting tomorrow morning. We have no clue what we're going to get in seventy days. But the journey along the way is going to be absolutely incredible um the hype right now seems to be one of the 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 two guys that everything I guess three outside of the new guys Gorman Donovan Walker people seem really geeked like with the development of those three and the work that they have again no surprise put in in the offseason
1: yeah I mean those are three really important pieces to your offense that's for sure um Gorman is interesting because I don't know what he's going to look like. Like people talk about his swing every year. I feel like someone says his swing looks amazing. He has a great swing. So that's just how it is. But like he, I'm interested to see what he can do to top what he did last year. Like he had a bunch of slumps, but he still had an over 800 OPS with 27 homers. Like even if he repeats that exact performance, that's still a top three to four player on the team. one of the best second baseman in the league donovan i want to get to in a second outs off the field it looks like he's um trending towards being fine he's throwing to 150 feet he says so he'll be able ready to go opening day and walker i just get the vibe that walker's gonna be a superstar like this season i don't know what it is but i I think he's going to clearly be the best i said this last last week or whenever we recorded last one i think he's going to be the best player of the cardinals this year and moving forward and i think it's going to be one of those like hey the atlanta braves who's their best player Everyone knows it's Acuna. Like you have other really good players, but no one's him. I have a feeling after this year, not that he's going to be Acuna, but when you look at the Cardinals, it's going to be, that's clearly their best player. Everyone else is fighting for second. That's the vibe I'm getting.
0: One thing we know is that if Gorman, even if Gorman comes out and hits 40 bombs and has an eight seventy OPS or something like that, one thing you can definitely count on. One thing you can definitely count on is that next year MLB network will leave him off their top 10 second baseman.
1: My hot take is he shouldn't have been on that list. They,
0: my, uh, p- What I was trying to make the analogy to was that, that Ozzy Albies was not yeah. on the list. Someone created a list of all second base. <laughs> they had one job. Their job is Major League Baseball. And they left off, in my opinion, if not the best, one of the top three.
1: I probably have him at four. But yeah, I mean, he's Fair. for me, like, if he's not in the top five, it's like, what are you doing? For him not to be even, like, some of the times it's people are fan-, <laughs> fan bases get angry because they leave off their favorite player, and that's fine. Ozzie Albies not being a top 10 second baseman isn't even a defensible standpoint. Like, there's nothing to even go towards what you're saying. There's no stat you can tell me that Zach Jeloff is better than Ozzie Albies. You can't. He had a really good year, and he might be really good for the A's moving forward. He's not Ozzie Albies,
0: so I don't it's get a, it. It's akin to Dan Orlovsky putting Baker Mayfield as his fourth scariest quarterback I saw that on the weekend. Because he oh, wakes oh, up feeling dangerous. That's what he said. He put him above Jordan Love and left C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy right off the list, so there is yeah. that. Whatever, maybe he's right. Maybe they're hey, going to win the Super Bowl. All you have to know is this, all right? Get that degree, have terrible takes, smile a lot, dance badly. You're going to make a million, bro. You're going to make. Do,
1: do I have to be Dan Olofsky and you know be a quarterback that steps out of the back of the end zone? Hey, is that what I here's the first?
0: fan. Here's the thing. Shout out to Dan for playing in the NFL for a long time. I like Dan, all. and he's I like also Dan. great Yeah, that's I, a horrible yeah. opinion. Though. But if that's how you make your hey Bill Buckner. RIP, like... He I also mean, put Lamar
1: Jackson ahead of Patrick Mahomes, which is also not true, so whatever.
0: Well, I mean, I think this year Talk about mo- If you're talking
1: about the most dangerous... Qu- court- we well, don't need to go on this tangent because we're a baseball He's going to win
0: the MVP. But if
1: you're talking about the most dangerous quarterbacks in the playoffs, who's a more dangerous quarterback in the league right now in the playoffs Patrick Mahomes?
0: I understand. There's not understand. one.
1: The answer is no one. That's the answer.
0: Okay. Right. answer. there you go. There you go. It's like take there's a, not even another thing. Take it up with but, D.O. Like. Take, okay, um, all right. <clears throat> I, I'm i still at this edge of expecting something Hujols, like we saw in 2022. Like Maybe we'll get that year, the bounce-back year. Everything clicks. All the what-ifs are established. The Gormans take the next level. The Brendan Donovans take the next level. We see Jordan Walker, like you've talked about on here a lot, become a superstar. Nolan Arenado gets back to Nolan form. Goldie continues to just be Goldie. We see the William or Wilson Contreras with his own pitching staff this year we see all of that happen and the pitching is just league average which is all really honestly if all of that other stuff happens you need it to be I'm still on the edge of that or we're plummeting off the cliff one more time one more round in 2024 I don't know which way to go I know
1: here's what I think and yeah I agree I don't have any idea either I think they're going to be decent I think right now without taking into account what they may do at the trade deadline. Because I think that's always, you know, you put like the teams at 84 wins. But when you trade for like in 2022, Quintana and Montgomery, the way they were pitching, it elevates you to 93 wins, right? But I think as right now as of right now, you could say this roster is probably around an 84 to 85 win team safely. Like they might underperform that by a bit. They might overperform it by a little bit. But I think before trade deadline acquisitions, they're at right around 500 or slightly above in terms of talent. I think. Obviously, guys like Walker becoming a superstar, Nolan Gorman taking another step, Nukbar being on the field more consistently can bump that up. But as of right now, the way it stands, reasonable expectations, probably a little bit above 500 right around that. Um, The interesting conversation I wanted to get into a little bit was Mosealoc was asked at at the winter warm-up by a fan. Great job by the fan. It was a good question. That, hey, if this goes poorly again for the second year in a row, that's no longer an aberration. It's now a trend. Are you going to do a rebuild? And for the Cardinals, you can't really do a real rebuild. They have too many good young players that they're not going to trade, but it would be, hey, we're moving on from Goldie and Arenado. I don't think they're going to trade Contreras. They probably can't really trade Contreras, honestly, without eating a bunch of the contract, but it'd basically be those two being gone. And I've come to the conclusion, this is their last chance to get it right with those two, because if they are bad, like not mediocre, if they are bad and they are once again selling at the deadline, they're trading Paul Goldschmidt because he's not signing an extension. We'll talk about that in a second. yet. So they're trading him at the deadline, um, and Nolan Arnato He's gonna want after he's gonna want out. Like why wouldn't you if your Goldsmith's gone and now you're going with the youth movement? If they get this wrong for the second straight year, they're they're not rebuilding, but they're getting rid of those two and they're going youth movement, and they will have failed for really the first time in their history of having two superstars on your team and not winning a championship.
0: And it's it's yes, all of that, but also it's the thing to me is they're not. They're going to go youth, youth movement with the offense, but they're still going to have three guys that are over thirty-four years old under contract, and two other ones that they have to make a decision on. Unless you're dealing Miles Michaelis at the trade deadline, you're dealing no, Stephen Matz. that contract. I 100% agree with you, but do you see what I'm saying? Develop those guys at the big league level. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, but here's where that one-year deal with Lance and Cal Gibson comes into play. Those guys are gone. So Agreed. there's two spots, and then you look at Stephen Matz. That contract, especially after this year would be very movable, one year, 12 million. If he's relatively healthy and not out for the year or something, knock on wood, then he's going to, that's easy to trade. Someone's going to pick that up because on the market, he'd go for more than that. So you can move all those guys easily. Like two of them would just be gone. One would be able to be traded. And then you'd have Michaelis and Sonny, you need guys to fillings anyway. Now, I don't think this is a scenario that's likely it has, they have to be bad first. So that's the scenario. That's the hypothetical we're living in here is that, Once again, they lose, they miss out on the playoffs and they lose, you know, 85 to 90 games, right? which is possible with this team, like a couple injuries to the pitching staff and we're back where we were. Like we're having Drew Rahm and this year's Jake Woodford. So Michael McGreevy, because I think he is Jake Woodford basically. So that's, I think that's where we'd be. Um, And I, I don't, I don't want this to happen. But I do think there should be more pressure on this front office than there seems to be with the moves they've made outside of Sonny Gray to say, hey, you better get this right, or everything you've done, all the good grace you've built up by trading for Arenado and trading for Goldsmith for next to nothing is gone because those two aren't going to be here anymore.
0: Let me ask you a two-fold question. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm going to ask you just one, and then I'm going to ask you off of that. Okay? I want your answer on the first one. On the first one, if, if let's say, the Cliff. We go over it like full full force over the cliff, again? right? Again, again. Okay. And we trade Goldie, and we trade potentially Nolan Arenado, and we trade – like that Lynn and Gibson, those were – I said it on here at the time. Those are Miami Marlins moves. That's what they did for years when they signed guys to one-year deals knowing either we're good and we're in it, and that's great. They've been great. Or we're not, and we can trade them away and get prospects. Like and that's if they're what bad; they're, they're easy to move off of. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like the Marlins played that well for about three straight years. They did it with Johnny Cueto um, last year. So there you go. Do Do you think if that happens, that's the end of Mo? Do you think that's the end? That's a, we're shifting to Hein Bloom potentially, or a new GM. Maybe it's Michael Gersh uh-huh. who takes. We get rid of the P, the Pobo and Michael Gersh takes over. What like? At the front office, obviously, our owner's our owner. We can't control that. So that's not going to change. What do you think if, like, because there's three options here. One, everything works out. They win the Central. It's a great year. Two, they're average as hell, but they're in it at in August, and then they have to make a decision. Or three, things go shit sideways like they did last year, and then we're have then we looking at deal, being sellers again at the market. So do you think that's maybe Mo his swan song, he's leaving – out the door, and what a new regime is coming in? Because if you're going to do something like that, massive, to trade Nolan, to trade Goldie, to trade who, fill in the blank, it it almost has to be a whole new philosophy change at the top. Am I, I mean...
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And I, here's what I think. I don't think it's likely that this is going to happen. I think they're going to be way better. I don't either. So, but this is a hypothetical we have to go down because of where they're at right now. This is the most, I, I guess you can call it a crossroads that the cars have ever been at since i've been alive where it's like you're going one way or the other and either you're good and you're in it or you're bad and everything's changing because if they're bad i do think there's a world where most steps aside he'll never be fired publicly right he's never going to be it's never going to be cardinals fire john was that will never happen he'll move to a different role he'll do whatever the fuck joe McEwing's doing right now i don't know why he's still getting paid to do something but he'll move into that type of role and or he'll move even above it and he'll you know work closer with Builder with the third and the business aspect of it. And then you have candidates with Heinblum, um, Randy Flores and Michael Gersh, whichever one they'd want to choose. I don't, I don't know who would be. I think, I think it'd probably be Gersh or Flores just because they've been around longer, but you never know. Um, but it also, Ali Marmol has gone. Like he, he, they didn't give him a contact extension. They talked about that at length today. I'm um, not today, over the weekend that they didn't give him a contact extension because he hasn't earned the contract extension yet and they're waiting to see what happens. I think if he has a good year, he's getting extended for probably two, three years, right? Like he's going to get extended. If he has a good year, If he has a bad year. He's gone. We don't have a like Yachty's, or Yachty. Maybe, I don't know who would be next, but I've never seen a Cardinals team where if they're bad, like everything's going to change. I think, like I think it's going to be full on. Okay. Are the, our faces of our franchise are Walker, Wynn, Gorman, Newpark, those are our guys. Other when I we're running out back with um Ariado and Ghostman, we're not gonna do that again because what's the point? I don't think those two would want to do it again. And you're getting a new manager. Like I, I once again, I think they're going to be in contention at least by the deadline to where you can say they're at least had a decent season or a good season. But there is a world where they start out this gauntlet of a season against some of the best teams in baseball and they go five games five and fifteen to start the season out because the old pitchers are either hurt or they're not performing or whatever. And now it's like, oh, everything is going to change. And every and you're going to start hearing rumors about these veterans don't want to be here anymore. That's what happens when teams go through this for multiple years in a row. So I'm intrigued. I've never seen this before. Have you?
0: No. No. Uh, what I will say is I saw Yachty dancing in the locker room at a basketball game after a championship. That man did not look like he wants to answer questions, no offense to anyone, but from Jim Hayes or anybody else for 162-day games. And I love Jim Hayes. I'm simply saying he that that Yachty did not look like that's the guy who's going to be in a dugout on the road. He didn't like party that, that in hard. Subway. like I don't see, see that happening.
1: happening. He wasn't partying that hard after 2011 even.
0: No, no, that man and no, He was not having not time of gonna... his life. That man's not coaching 162 games a year. He will eventually. Um, I said it earlier, I, and I, and then I just added that there's three options. In my mind right now, this brain between these two ears, the only thing I see is 90 wins in El Central or we're off the cliff again. I almost don't even see that 80 to 85 win, 83 win season where you're just at league uh, 500 team. I see it's either going to. Like, I just don't. And I, I'm just
1: saying, you know, it's funny about the 83 to 85 win teams. One of them just went to the World Series.
0: No, I understand that. I'm saying I don't see that for this team. I see either everything aligning. They stay healthy. Those who we need to step up, step up. Somebody we didn't expect comes out of nowhere and steps up. Because that's what happens on those teams. Like, we saw it this year with, with Brendan. Uh, oh, God, why well, can't I think of his name? Brendan fought and Alec Thank you. Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. And Alec Thomas had like a 660 OPS a throughout the year. But what he did in center field and what he did in the playoffs, big difference. But I just, I, to me, it's, it's option A or option B. And there's no, like this to me is black or white. There, there's no sunny gray area here. Ah.
1: Yeah. Great one. I don't know when we, what would an 82 and 80 season missing the playoffs by let's say three games, right? What would that do? Like that's where, that's the worst thing that could happen for them is missing the playoffs barely and not being horrible because then it's like, okay, we're close. we haven't resigned Goldie, probably at that point, but maybe at that point you have. Maybe you'd had a good start to the season and you extended him. Um, and Arenado's still pissed. Like, I, I don't think Arenado's like overtly angry, like everyone thinks, but I do I would imagine there's a little bit of false promises here where he's a little bit upset. Um, whether or not he has any leg to stand on. We talked about that last time. Yeah. I don't think he does, but still, you don't want disgruntled superstars on your team, whether they're right or wrong. Uh it's interesting. Now I hope that we get to July the middle of July and we're, you know, maybe five games above 500 and we're leading the central because it's horrible, which it will be. Um, and we're talking about Dylan Cease again, because I don't think he's getting traded or we're talking about whoever is available that we don't Lazardo, whoever it is, and they're going to make that push. But I do think at this point with goalie Arenado, at some point you have to decide if you want to win with them or not. And if the answer is you want to win with them, if this team's in contention at the deadline, they need to make a bigger move, the biggest move they've ever made at the trade deadline. That's my, that's my take. If you want to win with Arnado and Engulchment, then you need to go out and you need to prove it if you're in a contention. If you're in a contention, you need to move on. Those that, that are the only two ways I see this making sense to still have them on this team.
0: Yep. Uh, agreed. And before I ask you my second question off of that first one, that was a great answer. There's a lot going on there because we still have no fucking idea what's going to happen. I forgot but, the question you asked. Same, but that's okay. Thank you all, by the way, for listening. I hope the beginning to your 2024 is awesome. If you're doing a resolution, I hope you're sticking to it. I tried that for years and was terrible at it, so I don't even try that anymore. Uh, but if you're doing it, great! Hey, fantastic. We're on your side. We hope it works out. If you could hit that subscribe button, we would uh, love that as well. But question two. All right. It as we do this as a fa- like fans, obviously, like we're baseball lovers. We're cardinal. We're cardinal fans. This is a cardinal podcast. We did this for a reason. Okay. Do you think the fan, the fans would accept a rebuild over, over what we've kind of seen for the last 10 years, where you are sort of just piddling along at that, oh, we're close to contention, oh, we're sort of contenders, or whatever. As a fan, so put on the fan hat now, not the journalism hat, not the whatever hat. Would you be okay... With a absolute re- – I've never seen one in my life. Now, the 90s, we sucked when I was a kid, but I can't even call the a rebuild. That was just an owner who wasn't spending money. That was like the uh-huh. Pittsburgh Pirates or the Kansas City Royals, who, by the way, Royals spent a lot of money this year. But you know what I'm saying. What do you think – like how do you think that would go over in Cardinal Nation?
1: What What's your definition of a rebuild?
0: Trading Ar- Goldie, trading Arenado, and potentially trading – couple other older av- stuff like that. Potential, absolutely.
1: Okay. Um I think it's interesting. The Cardinals can't really fully rebuild. They can't go into a Cubs Astros. We're losing hundred games for four five seasons and we're gonna get Correa Springer and all these guys out of it. They can't do that because they have Nolan Gorman and Lars Nubar and Brendan Donovan and Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Victor Scott's coming up. Like I think even if they were to trade Goldie and Arenado, you'd look at that lineup and still like it. Like you would have Contreras and Herrera, and then you'd have whoever you want to put up first, but it'd be Gorman, Donovan, when you know, Newbar, Walker, um, Scott, and Walker. Like that's still an exciting yeah. young lineup. So that that's like that's like the Diamondbacks, right? Like that honestly is like what they have. So I don't think they can rebuild to that extent. I think they can retool. And my answer would be no, the fans wouldn't like it. And they shouldn't. They should not accept that because the only reason they're where they are is because they have ignored their shortcomings until it blew up in their face last year. Right, They ignored their pitching um, developmental errors. They completely ignored it. They ignored the fact that they need to spend more money in a market to stay competitive with top teams. And they finally paid Sonny Gray, but they ignored it for long enough to where it bit him in the butt. And they had a bad pitching staff last year. So, no, they should be upset. But I do think there's an aspect of this. And as a Blues fan, we're kind of going through it right now with a retool, um, where if you're if you have clear vision of where the team's going and they tell you, this is what we're doing, we're retooling. We're not focused on winning a World Series for the next couple of years, but we're developing more young guys and our young pitchers, and we're gonna see where that takes us. If we win, great, but that's not our expectation. That's at least the fans knowing what they're thinking. What the Cardinals do is you never really know what they're doing. They're trying to get in. We always know that. But are they trying to win a World Series? They've never, they haven't proven they're trying to win a World Series in since 2013 or whatever they trade for John Lackey. 14 or 15.
0: 14-15. Like that's the last 15, move they
1: made that felt to me 15. like they were actually trying to win a playoff series. That's the last one. So, I think there'd be a little bit of this shouldn't be happening with the St. Louis Cardinals. We don't do this. But I also think there'd be a little bit of, I appreciate that they're at least telling us what they're doing and not doing the most speak of. we don't really know. We're trying to read between the lines.
0: Alright, part B of, of that question and we'll move on to the next topic. You, just you, Caleb Noble. Mm-hmm. Would you be more excited about a team that gets eight is 82 and 80 all right and we know that that's probably what we're going to look like again next year and then probably the next year or would you rather if they are tooling along it in july around the 500 mark five to seven games out of first place let's say not a fall off the cliff but that they go ahead and make that move because here's what i'm here's the reason i ask. i don't know that right now you win with this roster like, I mean it all. I mean the World Series. So if that is not the goal, then why are we holding on to Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt when you could go load up, continue to load up your farm system, probably with arms, young arms that you could develop to get up here? And I, I understand the retort to that is going to be, well, we haven't developed the arms we have, so what makes you think we're going to re- develop the arms that we get? I get that. Please understand that. But if if you're just not going to go out to try to win 95, 90 to 95 games, what are we even doing with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado? That's my question.
1: I have a couple of thoughts. One, if they're at 500 at the deadline, that's exactly where they were in 2021 and 2022 when they made the postseason. 500 at both deadlines. Um, and they made big moves that helped them get to 90-plus wins. They get to the postseason. So if they're at 500, they need to make a move, a big one, um, because that means they're in it, because there's not going to be a central team that wins 95 games. So if, you can, if you're at 500, that means you can reasonably go on a run and get to 90 wins at the deadline i've seen them do it too many times if you're if you're not completely out of it you should make a move because that's the way your roster's set up it's old at some point you got to go for the last run if you're gonna if you're middling um so that's why i think on that but my other thought is on the rebuilding aspect of this i don't think they should do that unless they're forced into it that's what i think so unless they're looking at you know they have to sell like there's no way they're making the playoffs basically if they're looking at 2023 part two then they need to. Then they need to say, okay, this isn't working. What we're doing isn't working. We know Bill DeWitt's not going to go sign Corbin Burns next offseason. Not going to happen. Uh, we're not going to talk about that again. Okay, we talk about Yamamoto too much. I'm not doing it anymore until they prove to me they're going to sign someone over a hundred million dollars. I'm not talking about any of the big free agents anymore.
0: Smart. But you say that. Fast forward to next November.
1: No, no, I'm not going to. I'm over it. They're not, go- especially with the uncertainty of the RSN deals. No. They're not signing Corbin Burns. I'm saying this now. Whoever else is big and out there, unless they're 35 years old, they're probably not signed. Um, but no, I don't think they this should is, rebuild unless I, they're in that position. I really don't.
0: I think you just answered the answer. You said no, but you really said yes. Because no, if I, didn't, I don't think they 35 should signing 35-year-olds to try. I'll say it again. The worst thing that happened for this regime and for the fan base of the St. Louis Cardinals was the Arizona Diamondbacks winning 84 games and getting in and getting hot. Which is what I I understand all of that. But that's the Diamondbacks, though. That happened I get it. That's what the Cardinals want to do. That's all they want to do but is. But wouldn't get the in retort to that out. be
1: that they, the Rangers beat them and they were the ones that were spending a ton of money?
0: Absolutely it is. However, so why would that's how the care
1: about the, opt- I the NL pennant. Who cares?
0: I don't care at least. Ownership does. You know how many games that is that they they're making bank? That's true. So yeah, absolutely I, I, they care.
1: I think we're being a little bit I wanted to go down this route because I thought it was interesting that it is he that he was asked that question and answered it the way he did. A little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I do think it revealed a little bit of their philosophy because I do think there's a lot of uncertainty going on going into next year payroll-wise, just in general, in the entire league. Um, I also want to talk about Paul Goldsmith, but I think, I think they're in a good spot. I think their team's good enough to make the playoffs. I'm just going to say that now. I think they okay. are. Because last year took 84 wins to get in the playoffs. I think this team can win 84 games, especially breaking in the fact that the last two times they've had a chance at the deadline to get better, they've gotten better. We can't take that away from them. They weren't exciting moves, but they worked. Like they had that ability.
0: Let's go ahead and transition into old Goldie here. Um, Last year of his contract, obviously, Uh, he and the organization pretty much said there will be no negotiate or extension talks to either halfway through the year. I mean, I don't know. There was a date yes. given. There wasn't a date given. Where do you stand on the Goldie extension? And what would you like to see happen?
1: What I'd like to see happen is him be really good in this extend and let's pay him, you know, for two more years. And then he goes off as a Cardinal. That's what I want to happen is him to be good. And in his career as a Cardinal, um, I don't know if that's likely, but I do think, I think a part of this as well as something that's not being talked about enough is when you are of Goldsmith's age, I don't know if it's 10 years of service time. There's something like that, and you have a contract. In order to get an extension, you have to receive 85% of, of the AAV moving forward. You cannot – like, for example, he's making $26 million this year. He couldn't sign an extension even if he wanted to for two years, $30 million total. He couldn't. They, the PA does not allow that to happen. So he would have to then finish the season – and then you can sign him because he's a free agent. But if he's like getting an extension, it has to at least be like 80 to 85% of what he's already making. So if you're the Cardinals, you're saying if Paul Goldsmith's an 800, 815 OPS guy again, we can find first basemen out there that do that that are not $20 million, $25 million. If you're Paul Goldsmith, you're saying, you know, maybe if I start the year out and I have a 900 OPS in the first half, they give me that. And we're on a good team, hopefully, to where that, that's what they're going to do. But I also think. You know, the, the the extension talks, we saw this with Yachty and Weno for multiple years, where they were free agents, but they weren't, right? Right. Like they were not free agents. They were out there. You can talk to them if you want, but they're coming back to St. Louis. So I think for the Cardinals, it makes a lot of sense to say, extending him right now makes no sense. Because signing him to 23, 24, 25 million dollars a year just doesn't make any sense at all. Cause I don't know if he's gonna be worth that. And if you're Goldie, you're saying it makes no sense for me to sign that, because if they're gonna be bad again, then at least they have the option to trade me. But also, I don't know if I want to be here for two more years if they're going to be going down that route. So it doesn't surprise me. I think ultimately they're going to make the playoffs. I think he's going to be solid, and I think he's going to sign here for two more years. That's what I think will ultimately happen. But the fact that the door is open for him to be gone is interesting. I didn't think – I thought they were going to extend him.
0: What do you think about the old – since he is in the news every day right now and potentially going to be one of our NFC South nemesis – nemesis nemesises? Bill Belichick? Yeah, what do you think about the – like, Bill Belichick is where he is now because he always, always was great at never giving a contract to a guy who was on the decline. Like, he was – that that's what he's, like, been known for. They've talked about it forever. Knowing when yeah. to say, thanks for everything you did, we're moving on. The Cardinals have not been necessarily great at that. Like, there are a lot of uh, things that were out there. I mean, Wayne Carpenter. Michaelis, like the list goes on and on to where, I mean, you can even say Yachty was very good defensively. Offensively, the last three years, Yachty was not Yeah, but Wayno,
1: honestly, they kept Wayne bueno for more longer than they reasonably should have. But other than last year, he was without him, they don't make the playoffs in 21. Or I understand.
0: I'm just saying, what do you think about that philosophy as far as, okay, thanks, Goldie, for everything you did, but, but.
1: I get it. And in football, it's different. Football is more cut, throw. there's a cap. There's a lot of different things about football. Absolutely. Than baseball. But, um, I if you're the Cardinals, you have to know who you are. That's one of the biggest, best things that the good organizations do. It's what the Astros do very well, it's what the Braves do very well. They know who they are and they act accordingly. Um, the Cardinals aren't a team that does that, they're not a team that cuts people because they think they're on the decline, other than Matt Carpenter, because he was just unpayable at that point. But they don't do that. So if goalie's 800 OPS. They're not going to cut ties with them. That's not who they are as an organization. The some of the allure of coming to the Cardinals is how they treat their players. It's how they treat legacy players. It's how the fans treat those players. That's part of the reason why guys want to come here. It's probably why Goldie wanted to come here and Arenado wanted to come here. And Sonny Gray's here. So I I do understand that, but the Cardinals aren't Bill Belichick. Like they're not that. They're not, I don't want them to start turning into that yet because they need to know who they are and who they are isn't that.
0: Would have been a lot more fun if we had seven of those uh, World Series championships in the last twenty years, though.
1: It's a lot easier to win a, world, a Super
0: Bowl than it is to win a World Series. You just pissed off every NFL fan in the world. How many?
1: How many um, baseball players have seven World Series rings to, in the last fifty years?
0: That, that's Zero. my. I, I well, what? How many? Suter got five,
1: hmm? and that was over a twenty-year span.
0: That's my point. It's a lot easier to win in the NFL. I don't
1: think I s like it's proven. Like look at the Only three in teams in
0: the NFL, right? Three or four have never won a Super Bowl. And there's like what six or seven in Major League Baseball that have never won a thing. So oh, that, I guess maybe that lends credence points. to your theory there. Yeah. Also, um, like
1: how many how many teams have won multiple championships in like the last ten years? Fair. I look at the Chiefs and the Patriots. Now, okay, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but that, <laughs> that's my I think it's. Much I just harder think it's just think
0: Like I, I think it is a tough sell. Like, and it's also the one thing that we don't take into account is what does Goldie want to do? Like, that's the other thing. Like, we're talking about it from the Cardinals' perspective. I mean, he knows he he's not dumb. He knows he probably has three to f- two to five years left after this year, somewhere in that area. Not five, maybe less than two that. To three, three years left. I mean, three max probably. He's gonna, in my opinion, he's a Hall of Famer already. All right. So, in my opinion, yeah. But if he has a terrible three years, that could we know that can change the court of public appeal. But he also probably has to want to play for a World Series like that. Yeah. So I think that's a really intriguing. That's why I came I, here. I think we always forget that as fans is that the player like everybody's oh why didn't we sign fill in the blank well because the the player had to say so in it and might mm-hmm. have wanted to go some like. We forget that.
1: that. That was by far the most interesting part of that was that he said it was mutual, which yeah. means Goldie feels the same way. And I get it. And if you're the Cardinals, man, like you traded for Goldie and Arnado, lauded by all of baseball as two of the best moves of the last decade, right? You cannot mess it up this bad. And I know a lot of this has been what happens if this happens and they go down you know, another 91-loss season, which last year would have thought, thought we would have been crazy to say that they had a chance to lose 90 games. But they just did it. So you can't act like it's out of the realm of possibilities. That being said, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think this is going to be a solid team. I think the starting pitching's mediocre at best. And I do think it's likely that two of those five get hurt because they're old. It's just it's the there's likelihood. But I, I think they're going to figure something out. I just believe in this offense too much to not believe in them to be able to make the playoffs. But it, it is a little frustrating when we put all this into context and what we've talked about and say this should have been that year where they're like, this is our last chance. Like, right. let's figure it out. Let's sign Sunday Grade. Hey, Bill, we need more money. Like, we need to go sign Monty, too. We need those two. And we have a chance here. And it didn't happen, so that's a little frustrating, but there's still a lot of positives to look forward to this year. I just think it's a lot of interesting things from when a warm-up, where it just seems like the future is very uncertain for the Cardinals right now, more than ever.
0: One thing we do know about the future, um, which we really still don't know, but we one thing we know right now, is that I think there were, what, five or six Cardinals on the top 100 MLB prospects list? Five, yeah. yeah that's five and good. That's, Chase
1: Davis was 101.
0: Yeah, that's, that's always nice to see. Now, yeah, that so means think, nothing. That means legitimately nothing. Means nothing. Absolutely cool, nothing. But it's very cool to talk about as a Cardinal fan.
1: It's a good thing to know that the prospects we hype up are also – good prospects in the eyes of national evaluators that aren't biased but the five that are in it if i can get off the top of my head mason Winslow in it i don't consider him a prospect anymore but they do um thomas to jc victor scott teen Kent, and tk roby those were the five T. K. roby um yeah. which all five should davis be there, right outside the 100 101 yeah yeah so yeah those guys are all very exciting those are five prospects i really like um i really i'm intrigued by victor scott and what he means for Tommy Edmund to be quite honest, because if Mason, win at Victor Scott. If those two, two guys in top 100, like we just said, if those two hold down shortstop and center field, what is Tommy Edmonds role on this team? Like that's the, another guy point going where
0: going to, uh, what is it? Arb over what, what was the, the difference? 350 grand, 450 grand, right? 400. Going to arbitration. Yeah, but I think
1: they said that their plan is to talk about a multi-year contract. And the way I read it originally was that that was going to be a multi-year extension. I don't think that's what they meant. I think what they meant is we're gonna pay you eight million dollars for these sixteen million dollars for two years to buy out your arb years. That way, you're making more in twenty twenty three, but probably less that we would have to pay you. I mean, in twenty twenty five, you know what I mean? they they, they did that with Gio, where you give you'll give him an extension, but you give him sixteen million dollars just to spread the money out evenly for two years, which I think was what they might do. Um. So I don't think the I think they're gonna get a deal done. I really don't think they're gonna arbitration with Tommy Edmund.
0: If let me ask you this, and I'm not trying again to talk about the over the cliff thing. However, that's another guy that come trade deadline is going to hold a lot of value to playoff teams, is Tommy Edmund. When I mean, we saw mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield. go like we've seen that trade, we've seen trades yeah. like those guys get traded. Those I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying that's a guy who's a gonna hold a lot of value. Tommy let me just ask you this. If Thomas, Gise- Gise- oh, my God, Sejaci, so who, by the way, I watched his stuff on From the Winter Warm-Up, some of the stuff that was – shout out Kyle, by the way, for doing all of that, Kyle Reese, fantastic job. But I watched the Thomas – I love that dude even more now. Like, He's I lo- love him. If he continues to progress, like that – I mean, I don't know. He's going to knock down the door on a- to the major league team as well.
1: Does he have and- any pathway to being a starter on the St. Louis Cardinals?
0: If they trade Nolan and they trade Goldie. So or one of if, them.
1: Okay, let me put it this way: If the Cardinals have a good year, does he have any pathway to being on the St. Louis Cardinals?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, here's what I know about the Cardinals: They have taken great players and moved them to the corner outfielder if they need to. So who knows? Who? Like, well, I mean, in the past, we saw Chris Duncan play out there. Okay. We saw Will. Like we've seen guys come up who after Walt came up and played in the outfield after
1: like, Walt Jockety, Who?
0: Okay, <laughs> that's a good point. I'm just saying. Well, honestly, last year, Jordan Walker, Brendan Donovan, Robbie Edmond. Yeah, but, Edmund, yeah, that but the they're not full on, on time
1: like left field every day, guys. Well, Walker is, but that's he was a prospect. I, I get it. So, and was part of it, It's kind of frustrating to me because you look at it. So, JC can play everywhere. So, maybe he becomes the Paul DeYoung, right? Where he's not player wise, but where he can play shortstop now. And we didn't really ever think Paul DeYoung was going to be a shortstop. It turns out he's going to do a pretty good one. And then he could play everywhere. But it is a little weird. That you look at Victor Scott and Mason Wynn have the position that Tommy Edmond can play under control, kind of. Donovan and Gorman are going to have to play like they are left handed bats you need in your lineup. So, so JC is kind of even if they trade Nolan, then you're moving Gorman to third base.
0: And then right? you move so JC to second. Then where's Donovan? Probably still in left field. Well, then where's I mean, You know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he's not,
1: he can't be in left field because you have Nukbar, Scott, Walker. Yeah. That's what I'm I don't saying. Know. So they still have a log jam, but it's also it's almost like their depth is too good. Like the players of their depth players are too good because you need them to play every day. But they don't have guys that you look at and say, that's a bench guy. Like, he's right. just going to be a really good bench guy. No, they're like, this guy has to play. He's a top 100 prospect. It's a good problem to have, but they've got to figure it out adequately. I don't I don't know. Like, so JC's really good. I don't know if he's ready for the major leagues yet. He will be next. No, year, I, I don't either. I don't. He'll either. be up next year at some point, given
0: an injury or something. I think. He's, did I see where he's going to play mostly shortstop in Memphis this year? Is that correct? Or he play should. A lot? I think okay. he should. Okay. But I don't know if Thought he will. I saw
1: that. But that's what I would um, do.
0: One thing we haven't talked about, and we've, we're pretty well deep into this, so uh, Cardinals hire Hein Bloom. We've talked about it. I mean, I feel like we've talked about it because we've talked about it for six weeks. But they did finally Hein Bloom part of the Cardinals staff. Oh. I think a lot of us saw that, but then it almost like felt like it. They cooled off that burner. And then we didn't hear about it, and then all of a sudden he's hired by the Cardinals, which is exactly how the Cardinals do business. So um, I think it's a good move. I think it's a really good move to bring in a guy. Look, if you're still out there killing Bloom from the Mookie Betts trade, I don't know what to say to you anymore. You've lost all logic, and I don't know it's how to convince dumb. you. I don't it's understand. Like
1: who, that's like a nightmare. Who wants to do their first move as a, as a hobo, jam, whatever his title was? I don't know exactly what it was in Boston. Of a large market team. They want to first move to be, to trade one of the greatest outfielders we've seen in the last 20 years. I don't think so. I don't think that's what he wanted to do. Haim is interesting. So do you remember a few months ago when we got Nick Robertson and we got Ryan Fernandez? And mm-hmm. I said, it kind of seems like Haim Bloom is, you know, doing some um, count uh, advising already. Um, and it was like a funny tinfoil. No, it was true. Like Mo said, <laughs> Riley O'Brien drafted by the Rays. Obviously, Robertson, Fernandez, guys from the Boston system he just worked in. And there's another guy. Oh, Kit Ridge. Kit Ridge is the trade. Yeah,
0: Kitridge was um,
1: He literally said, yeah, Bloom, we talked to him about all four of those guys. So that was true. They did. Um, it's interesting to me that those four guys, like, they all have Heim-Bloom ties. So it, they're taking his opinion seriously, which is good. Because if you're going to bring in a guy to advise, if you don't listen to him, you're just wasting money, right? You're just okay. paying it for no reason. So I do like that. I like that Heim-Bloom. Is a guy that specializes in the area the Cardinals are weakest at, which is pitching development. And I also like the fact that I don't remember the last time the Cardinals brought in an outside voice in the front office. Period. I don't remember the last time they did it. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're at least saying we're doing some things wrong here, and there are guys out there that do that know at least have different perspectives on what we're doing than we do because it does get stale. Just it's like it becomes a group think. Um, I like that they're at least aware of that and trying to adjust to it. so it's a good it's a good hiring even if it doesn't produce anything on the field in the next couple of years
0: to me, it's a win-win. like it's a fresh voice. It's a guy who's proven like to be very good at his job. and it just there, to me, there seems like there's no drawback to this uh, to me that's mm-hmm. that's just me outside yeah, perspective. I agree, I agree. A even if like, of this. seems like a home run. Again,
1: even. Yeah, even if none of those relievers I'm bring, brings in plays a massive role, other than Kit Rich, who I think will. But even if the other guys are just like depth pieces. That doesn't change my opinion of this because at least they're doing something different, and they needed to do something different.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, we're getting. Close let's talk to about pitchers. something positive. Yeah. Talk okay. Let's positive. do that. Well, I think um, we've been pretty positive. I think here's the thing. I know. Here's, here, let me explain to the people listening, by the way. Thank you. If you're listening on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you are, thank you so much. You guys have been incredible. We're going to continue to push through this and continue to keep giving you guys hopefully better product all the time. But here's the funny thing about this podcast. After almost damn near every episode, I get a phone call from Caleb that says, Do you think we were a little bit too negative there? Almost everyone. And I think what we do, a Again, I'm in it, but I feel like we do a good job of being realistic. We're not. The, I said they're going to win the,
1: 97 games last year.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> that was maybe a little bit too, a little bit too over the top, a little bit too over the top. And I did say mm-hmm. Stephen Metz might win 15 games, so maybe there are flaws Jeez. in my my scenario. That's however. Horrible. I think that as fans, you, I think we do a pretty decent job of not being negative. Like you want negative, go on Twitter. I've been staying oh, off God. of Twitter. I've been staying off of it because it gets I think my comments and silent. I. I yeah, I don't even like it like it, it hurts my head at times so nice. other than doing stuff for the, our age I stay off of it for the most part but I think we do a good job of being realistic like insane look there there are multiple options that can happen and I could see them going either way because we don't know I I don't think that we're too negative even though I know that you think sometimes we are I think we when you're coming off 90 how many well I've lost track 90, after. 91 there it is. After ninety-one lost season, I don't think we're being negative. I think we're looking at things. Hey, this is the way it is. If all works out, it could be we well, could flip that those losses to wins. There's a way but they win ninety-five
1: games. Like that could happen. Oh, here we go. So here's the, no, we go. I'm not saying it's likely. Oh, I think God, no. I, can't I think if, if the you comments were to, on that, no, a ninetieth percentile outcome, right? Like one of the better outcomes you could have would be that. But I do think I think they have a chance to have one of the best offenses in baseball, and that's what I wanted to get to here. Um, because I still I'm not low on this team I don't think they're going to be bad Uh, we're talking about scenarios of if they are bad what do they do Like because that's something we have to talk about because you know coming into last year I didn't think it was likely they were going to be bad now it's well is it a 50-50 chance maybe it's 60-40 they're going to be decent but there's still at least a large chunk of the percentage that they could be bad again because we just saw it um
0: but I want to talk about the other way not only did you not think they were going to be bad you thought they were going to win 97 games
1: I did. I thought they were going to be really good, but I was also drinking the Jack Flaherty Kool Aid. It turned out to be the Kool Aid that I can't make that joke. Okay,
0: um, that's the Detroit Kool Aid now.
1: <laughs> I can't make the joke. It was going to be really bad. Um, it was. What's that? Uh, I'm gonna. What's that? Um, cult that was drinking Kool Aid and everyone died.
0: Jim Jones. Down. Yeah. That was
1: a joke I was going to make. Don't sound the name of
0: it. Joke, yeah. It too is. far. Too far. I
1: think we're far enough removed, aren't we? Either way, we'll I move don't know that. Everybody um, in
0: here from the three one three. That's where Jack Flaherty is.
1: He is. He's with Eminem in Detroit, and and MCDC. Yeah. Boom. at that. Um. What's the thing? Oh, I I think the offense. And we're gonna do. Pro, by the way, player profiles are gonna start coming out next week. Um, we think that's our plan. Um, we will start with the position players, then we'll go to pitchers. I don't know how we want to do the pitchers, just because it can get boring just talking about. You know, Miles Michaelis for 30 minutes. No offense, Miles, but it can be just because. Well, they only pitch every fifth day, so I don't think we need to give them the same due as we give the guys to play every day. It's my opinion. Um, either way, we will figure that out, but each position player will probably get this, their own episode other than like Burleson and guys that. Geez, the there
0: are a lot of shots being fired well, last right year, now. I'm just saying. Last, what no, did I Alec did say, do you got married? He's in the I big like Alec, leagues.
1: But I think it the smartest thing would be like to do Alec Burleson and Yvonne Herrera together because they're not going to play every day.
0: Now you don't like Yvonne either. I like all of them. That Ah. doesn't mean
1: they all deserve 45 minutes of our time. Anyway, um, those are coming out soon. Those were really fun last year, so um, look out for those. I think this offense has a chance to be, like, legitimately special. And a lot of that hinges on Goldie not, um, you know, regressing even more. And Nolan Arenado just being Nolan Arenado again. Like, two of his three years here, he hasn't been Nolan Arenado. But we need – 2022, Nolan was, like, peak – year of his career is one of his best years he's ever had but we need some version of that to show up because he's getting paid to do that but other than those guys man it's so exciting to see a team where you look at walker Newbar, donovan um gorman Wynn, and scott on the way and you see what that could end up looking like if those guys just continue to get better Like it could legitimately be not only one of the best young offensive cores in baseball, but you tack on Contreras, Goldsmith, Arenado on top of those guys. And I still, I think the offense is something that we can really dream on carrying us to the trade deadline where we can make a move for a pitcher. And I'm excited about that.
0: I think, I think what's interesting. We'll talk about this when we get to him and during the player profiles is like, I've seen this on when I, when I was on Twitter about a week ago, and I, I think I've been off of it for well a few days, except for our page. And football stuff because that's whatever. But I, I saw people really freaking out about the idea of Edmund and Wynn hitting 8-9 in this lineup and, you know, whatever, how bad that is. I don't think they realized – I don't think they paid attention to what the Astros have done. I don't think they've paid right. attention to, honestly, what the Diamondbacks did last year. We just talked about Alec yeah. Thomas. <laughs> like, we right? Diamondbacks I had mean,
1: Emmanuel Rivera, Longoria, Alec Thomas, and Geraldo Perdomo at their bottom four. Bingo. Bingo.
0: Like if they are though, playing, like, so. like if they are playing elite defense, and I understand the questions around Tommy Edmonds' arm, I understand that. But if he is playing where he normally, like I think for if he's a four-war guy, three and a half war guy, and you're mm-hmm. getting Mason Win to play defense, any offense they give you is a is a plus.
1: I also think I yeah I don't I agree understand with
0: you. I don't understand the like freak-out factor mm-hmm. that oh no Tommy Edmonds and mate like you're not going to have nine all stars in your lineup. Unless no you team embrace. has that. But it, the Braves – hold on. You look at the Dodgers. You've talked about this for two years. Once right. you get – last year, once you got past the top four, we had a lot of questions on Muncie. He did have a bounce-back year. Exactly. But after that, it was pretty low. And then yeah, you look bad. at it this year, I mean, you it was get David past the Pronto. bottom – you get the bottom three. That's not a strong bottom three. Uh, I mean
1: – The Braves are the one to have like Orlando Garcia as an all-star at the bottom Correct, of the But they were there once an again – this- tied for the best 1927 yankees as the best offense of all time like the Correct. team that's uh, we always say well they're not the 27 yankees it's like saying this isn't rocket science but they actually literally were the 27 yankees <laughs> right so right. you can't compare anyone to them um yeah i think i think i'm pretty excited about winning edmund and winning scott whenever scott's up because i think he'll replace edmund i really do think that's how that's going to end up going um but i'm excited about those guys for the fact that one i think all of them have Decent upside to be good hitters. Like Edmund's always going to be below league average, but I think Wynn has upside to be uh, slightly above league average this year, and I think Scott does as well. But those guys are going to wreak havoc on the base pass that they're allowed to. And I think one of the more underrated things that we didn't talk about last year enough, you and I, is um, you know, they didn't steal enough bases because of the league was stealing a ton of bases, right? We saw the Diamondbacks do it, got to the World Series, playing that kind of style of baseball because of the rule changes. The Cardinals weren't allowed to do that because they were losing games all the time, and you don't want to mm-hmm. give a bounce when you're behind. If their pitchers allow them to have leads and be tied and do things like that, with guys like Wynn and Edmund and Scott when he's up here, whenever that is, when that might be August or it might be earlier, um, what they are able to do is change games with their speed. And if they're allowed to do that because the game dictates that they should be able to do it, it's exciting to have guys like Wynn and Edmund who, when they get on base, it's a double. Right immediately, you get on base a single. Okay, now it's a double or a triple because they just stole second or they stole third. And then you start the lineup over with okay, now here's Donovan, Goldschmidt, um, Gorman, whoever's batting third, and Arnado to drive them in. That's where the bombing order could be exciting. Are those guys going to be above league average? Probably not. Like they'll probably be in the 85 to 100 OPS plus category. You know, there's upside baked in where win could be more than that, but I think it would be fair to say he probably won't be this year. <laughs> Um, but they can do more things to help you win. Like hitting isn't those two players are very valuable because hitting isn't the only thing they do well. That's why they're good.
0: I, I love this lineup. Like, but again, I, I also good. I've said I said this playoffs of 21. I said it in playoffs of 22. It all this team will go as Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt go. Even even I love the young guys and I know that they can be the leaders, and I know you're projecting Walker to lead. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you still have to have those, those two guys are gonna hit in the middle of the order. Two three two four three four whatever you, they do, they're going to be in the middle of that order, and this team mm-hmm. will go only as far as those two guys take it. I mean, I, I I'm still going to stick that offensively. Yeah.
1: it's either that, like yeah, they one of at least one of them does because I think you look at the Rangers. Corey Seager was just unreal, and he's the what they that's what they paid him to do was to be that in the playoffs, and he did it. Marcus Simeon was horrible until the World Series, but the reason that worked. It's because Evan Carter was freaking unreal the entire postseason. So you I'm can live with, the
0: regular season, though. I'm t- They have to be oh, great yeah, in no, the regular season. Oh, yeah. No, the regular season, they have they – I have think to Arnauto be great.
1: has to be great. I think, uh, I think Goldschmidt can be exactly what he was last year, and there's a way for it to be good. But I kind of view Arnauto as either he's great or he's, you know – not. Yeah. Not a top-four hitter in a lineup. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be – is amazing, and he's batting fourth. He's put in there, and I believe in him. I think he's going to be great next year. I think he'll be an MVP candidate. I really do. But – he was not a guy that bats fourth in most lineups last year stats-wise. He hit the homers. He had like 26, but he had a below 800 OPS. That's not good enough. If he does that again, their ceiling is extremely limited. I he agree. has to be a superstar. That's what they're paying right. him to do.
0: couple things. Um, I've been incredibly I, – I don't know if – um, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't know. Hard on the Cardinals? That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I'm talking about here. About their ability or inability to really get their feet wet in the international market. Like mm-hmm. appropriately, not just bring over the fringe guys. I mean, right. good signing this week, right? Brunelli Franco, sixteen year old, top twenty-five in MLB international prospects. We have no idea what he ha- yeah. is gonna He's happen. I hope he becomes pitcher. a super I hope he becomes a fucking superstar.
1: He'll he'll either be a superstar. We'll never hear about him
0: again. Like that's bingo. And that's bingo. not
1: that's not even like my take on international free agents. It's my take on pitchers.
0: And sixteen year old pitchers.
1: Yeah, right. He could be incredible. Like, but that's the thing, like no, I didn't know who Frember Valdez was. I didn't know who no. I didn't know who Christian Javier was. I know I right. like when the Astros signed him. I didn't know what happened. So yeah, it's great. They need to be more involved in that market. It's still frustrating to me that you see these teams. I think the Nationals just signed a guy for like six million dollars. Yes, or something ridiculous. Um, and the Cardinals don't still don't much do much. that. I think it was
0: okay. Maybe I, it was. Maybe, it was.
1: Maybe I'm wrong, but it was multi million dollar deal. Okay. Um, the Cardinals still don't do that. They don't get into that market. They don't go Tatis, Robert. Um, Soto, those type of guys. No, we've
0: already talked about those first. Yeah, time. they
1: need to do that because superstars in the game are, you know, Latin players are taking over baseball. Hold like on, I is, is it
0: Robert time. and not Luis Robert, like I've been calling him? He says Robert. Career?
1: Americans say Robert. I don't know. Like it sounds like he says Robert, but he also has an accent.
0: I have I literally know. been calling him Luis Robert. So have I. I called him forever,
1: and I think it's wrong, but I'm not sure.
0: Can we stick to Robert instead of Robert? I like I'm Robert more too, but does Robert
1: sound more right? You call I, like when you call them. Remember when you called him Rudy Gobert? <laughs> that didn't sound right to me at the time. It was Gobert. so I don't know. I, I don't know.
0: Thing I want to say before we get out of here: shout out to Jordan Hicks. He's going to go out to San Francisco. He's going to get to be a starter. He's going to get paid. I, I'm not going to call it starter money, but it's not really labor money. money. Yeah, it's really right. I'm, it's kind of that. It's that Stephen Matz contract. Like that's, that's that area.
1: It's also the Taylor Rodgers contract.
0: I, I, here's what I think. And I'm not alone in this. So this is not the Mike Noble theory. I think him having, preparing in the offseason, because I believe that that's what he's been doing since the end of the season to be a starter. Probably. And to have the whole offseason to prepare to be a starter. I'm not saying he's going to be an all star. I hope he is. I'm a big Jordan Hicks fan. However, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see the different. Not this. Oh, he can't start like he did here in St. when he was given like a week's notice to become a starter. That's what I think. I think he'll be yep. much better. Also, pitching in that park, not going to mm-hmm. hurt him.
1: Good stadium to pitch in, and just being with that um, pitching developmental team, which has done a great Correct. job with like out they completely revitalized Alex Cobb's career and Anthony Desclafani
0: and Johnny Cueto.
1: When he signed there, he was he wasn't very good there, was he?
0: I mean, he had uh, two really good he signed, years, I Okay, I think that. that's
1: different, though, because he signed like a massive contract there, I believe. I'm just saying— That was coming been, off the
0: World Series, he won with the World Series. Well, I mean, they did it with Kevin Gaussman. They've done it like, with you a bunch can, of guys, yeah. Yeah, you can fill in the blanks there. Yeah,
1: like, they've done a great job with that. And I, I'm happy for him. I don't know how it's going to go, but I think the good thing for the Giants is— He's getting like $11 million a year is a good reliever, so they're getting paid. There are rumors that Hector Neris wants three years, $50 million, which he's right. not going to get because that's freaking crazy $18 million a year. He's not getting that, but he's going to at least get 11 $12, 13 probably a year for three years. So at the very least, you're getting a 28-year-old that's going to be a great bullpen piece when healthy for four years. And at the upside is you just got a starter that's pretty cheap. Like it's kind of what goes back to me with the Steven Matz contract and people keep saying they need to move off of it and all that stuff. Four years, $45 million for a starter is a great deal. Look at what Jamison Tyone signed. And that dude has like five VRAs like, routinely with two Tommy John surgeries under his belt. So I-, I think it's a great deal for him. He's making $44 million. He's going to be 32 when he's a free agent and gets another crack at the apple to where if he's a successful starter, my God, what's he going to make?
0: I've never heard that before. What? Another crack at the apple. What I didn't bite the apple. I didn't bite at the apple.
1: Close enough. Crack at the bat. No. Okay.
0: Um. Just about uh it. Two things. Um. One, just to clarify, Cueto had a 4.8 ERA the year before he went to the Giants. He had a 2.7 ERA in was, San Yeah, but was
1: that the year that he was on the Royals and they won the World Series?
0: Uh 2016 they didn't win the World Series, right? Or 15? 20, yeah, 15, 15, 15, yeah, 15. 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. And then he did not not so great in 17, but then a 3.2 ERA in 18 there. I mean, two it's two of his first three he years. You look at 2015
1: really for me and see if he was traded halfway through that season.
0: He was not. He spent Oh, yes, he started in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, so he was very good in Cincinnati, 2.6 ERA. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He had so a bad second uh, half. Yeah, fair, fair. That's very fair. Um, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Jordan Hicks in your rotation or Steven Matz? Steven Matz. Okay. Okay. I think Stephen
1: Matz is a. I mean, Jordan Hicks can be a starter, but I know Stephen Matz is a starter. We do? Yeah. I mean, he's had a pretty successful big league career. Um, I'm excited about Stephen Matz. You thought you said he was going 15 games. What are you saying? I, I'm excited about Stephen Matz this year, not because I think he's going to be great or a number two or a number one, but I do think he's going to. I think this is a good year for Stephen Matz to settle in. And act, it feels like every th- other year has been very weird. For him, for whatever reason, I think this is a good year for him to settle in and be a, you know, give you 140, 150 innings. They give you a 4 ERA and be very good for you and win you a lot of games. So that's what I hope.
0: If wow. you want must-watch TV in the 2024 MLB season, it's Marcus Stroman pitching for the Yankees.
1: It's gonna be. It's gonna go one way or the other, isn't it? It's gonna be great, or it's gonna really be bad.
0: It's gonna get so
1: I'm loud. I'm excited there. for it, though. It's
0: gonna get so. That's what I'm saying. Like I am the. I will be sitting there with the pop. You know the Michael Jackson meme where he's eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. That will be me every Marcus Stroman pit, yeah. not just outing, but the next day. That will be when I'm big time back on Twitter. The next yeah. that night and the next day. That's gonna mm-hmm. be.
1: Oh, go my. look at his. Go look at his Twitter likes. You better hide those if you can. I don't know if you can, but if you can, he better hide them. Um, oh. I'm and those old to...
0: tweets are going to get real loud in the stadium.
1: Yeah, if he does well, then they're going to love him because they love heels in New York if they're good Absolutely. on their team. But if he's bad, they're going to not like him at all. Like if A-Rod was bad and he was doing the steroids and stuff, they would not have liked him. But he was good, so they did. Um, who's going to be better, Carlos Rodon or Marcus Drummond for the Yankees in
0: 2024? I mean, I'm going to go with Rodon, but I don't think either are going to be great. Like I, I was one of the rare. Stroman is better than
1: Rodon, I think.
0: I took a lot of heat because I didn't want the Cardinals to go out and spend a lot of money on Carlos Rodon. People mm-hmm. were not happy with me about that. I was called a lot of names. However, was risky, I was stick by risky one. it. Yeah, a Ricky risky, risky contract. I just we so far it has not paid off. Yeah. I, I, I think Rodon is still a better pitcher than Marcus Stroman when Rodon is really on. But that Marcus Stroman was like that a, a lot.
1: Marcus Stroman was like a Cy Young candidate before he had a rib injury last year. People forget um, that.
0: He was great. Speaking of last year with Strowman with the Cubs, reports coming out that they are going to be the, the princess or the prince, whichever you want to see, of the late ball of the free agent signings. So that to me says they're going to spend oh, a lot of money. Very the, weird. I, I know it, it It was the way my mind was working. And in my I mind, think they're I saw gonna the spend Cinderella that thing, and it was turning into a pumpkin. I was going to get there that I think whatever they do, to, it's going to turn into a pumpkin because they're the Cubs. But it, it failed. It was a bad analogy. Yeah, bad. Either way, I, yeah. That rumors are saying they're going to spend a lot of cash.
1: I think they're going to send one player. I think it's going to be Chapman or... And well, actually, how about this? If they sign Chapman, I think they sign Chapman and Hoskins. If they sign Bellinger, I think that's all they do. The okay. interesting part about this is they just got Michael Bush. We haven't talked about that. I don't know if that was on your list or not. Um, it wasn't. One of the top prospects for the Dodgers. I think it was pretty obvious that the Dodgers were kind of not excited about Michael Bush because they he didn't they didn't play him even when they needed offense last year. But apparently the, the Cubs are playing him a third or first. So that, to me, says they're not going Bellinger and Chapman. It's going to be one or the other. I'm going to see which one it is. Because if it's Chapman, that infield defense is going to be the best in baseball. Yeah. With Chapman, Swanson, and Horner—that'd be Horner, that's yeah. three Gold Glove winners right there. Yep. Um, if it's Bellinger, then they're just the same team they were last year again. Like, is there a pathway for the Cubs to be better than they were last year on paper heading into 2024? How do they do that?
0: I don't. They have know to sign Monty. Answer.
1: Like, if they sign, Mo- if they like the way they would do it is if they like actually sign Monty and Bellinger, then they're better, right? Yeah. But if they don't get another pitcher, which I don't think they're going to, I haven't heard them linked with any of them, and they just sign a Bellinger or a Chapman, then they're just kind of like We didn't same. talk about
0: they signed Imanaga. Like that's a good yeah. signing. Potenti- potentially. We don't know if any of these guys are going to be great. Well, yeah, we have no are, idea. But, but what we, are the
1: odds he's better than Marcus Stroman was last year? Not very good.
0: Not very good, no. Yeah. Um Are you intrigued by Josh Hader to the Astros?
1: Yeah, I am. I mean, that's him, Me too. Ryan Presley, and Albert Abreu. Those are for th- Brian Abreu. Which one do they have?
0: Brian Abreu. Brian Abreu.
1: Um, there's Take a lot another of crack at the in apple, open. bro. They have two Abreus on their team. You give me a break. Jose's there, too. Um, yeah, Those are three of the best relievers in baseball. Just straight up. Didn't um, see that so, one
0: coming. Like, if that yeah. happens, it has not happened. Um, now, last thing I've got sense. before we get out of here uh, Marlins came out today, said they are open to trading or listening to to trade Lazardo or Cabrera. One, which would you rather have? And two, do you think there's any interest there at all for the Cardinals? Because when you're saying in January the 18th, that tells me you want a shit ton for either of those guys right now.
1: They're not getting a lot for Edward Cabrera. So my answer is Lazardo. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, in my opinion. Um, I love him. He's great. I wouldn't pay what it's going to take to get him. If I'm being honest with you, I wouldn't. Like, it's just not – I don't think there's a pitcher out there that's worth going after to the level – like, actually getting him and getting an over – and getting what those teams want because the teams aren't biting at the worst offers. I mean, they're at the best offers, you remember when we said a couple, um about a month ago, maybe longer. Yeah. I said, I think cease is going to go the route of Sean Murphy where they're going to overplay their hand, And then some team's going to be there to say, Hey, here's an offer. That's lesser than what everyone thought they'd get for them. The teams aren't doing that. No. They're they want what they want and they're not biting for anything else. What's kudos to those teams. That's what they should do. But I don't think, I don't think you get a player like Lazardo without giving up, multiple guys on your big league roster because what the marlins are going to want they're not rebuilding i don't think you get dylan sees without trading almost all of your pitching depth you just acquired from the at the trade deadline so i just don't see it cabrera is interesting i like him but he still is like he could be a reliever long term he doesn't he gets hurt a lot he doesn't he's very wild with his command like i still think he has the downside of a reliever and the upside of like a number three so i don't i don't consider those two in the same tier personally
0: right Okay. Fair. Anything else you need to say before we get out of here?
1: No, but next episode is gonna be more positive. <laughs> I feel like the last two episodes have been as like, what happens if they suck again?
0: I think like, that's what we. have. I mean, that's where we are. I told you that's how why I, I opened it. the but show. But I hate like, being I like, like I that. I still do not like. I have there's no, and I'm not going to know. Like that's the thing. So we'll knowing, July probably sixty nine days of Christmas Eve. That's what I've got. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It Maybe longer. Probably, are they going to sign another reliever? I think they are going. I think they're going to sign
0: another reliever. Sounds like it. Yeah. I like their bullpen
1: how they're shaping up. If they go get another reliever, it's, by the way, it's going to be Ryan Brazier because and like right. it's just going to be him. But if they go sign another reliever that's legitimately like a in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning mix for the Cardinals, their bullpen's stacking up to be pretty damn good and be a really Agreed. good strength for them. Where then you kind of see their pathway of these starters might give up four runs in six innings or three runs in six innings every game, but we're not giving up runs and in, ending seven, eight, nine and our offense is good enough to score five
0: regularly Agreed.
1: to where yep. you see a pathway of like, okay, maybe they're going to be pretty good, but I got to see that happen first.
0: Who do you have this weekend before we get out of here in the NFL? I have the,
1: I think the, I think the bills beat the chiefs. Okay. I think Josh Allen finally gets over the hump. Who are the Ravens playing?
0: The, the Ravens are playing the CJ Stroud. Texans. Ooh, that's fun.
1: Uh, I think the Texans upset the Ravens because I just I think the Lamar Jackson narrative's not going away that he can't win the playoffs. I, he's gonna get that Dak Prescott label on him, I think, where they
0: can't win the big games. Do not compare Dak Prescott to Lamar Jackson.
1: I mean Dak Prescott was great in the regular season. Lamar to win his this, second MVP. No, Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback. I'm saying just Solely because there's always that there's always that one great okay. player in every game, in every league, like James Harden in the NBA, where it's, they can't win in the playoffs. And I so think you got, Jackson might be that you've
0: got the uh, CJ traveling to Buffalo in the AFC championship on the NFC side. Um, you've got obviously the Saturday game is the 49ers Packers heading out to San Francisco.
1: That sucks. I wish the Packers were in the other game because I think they're going to get destroyed, but I want I want Jordan love to continue playing well because I've hated on him enough. To where I'm kind of just enjoying that he's way better than I thought. I don't think anyone in the NFC is beating the 49ers, so I think, I think the, they're moving
0: on. I think the the Packers defense gets exposed. That's what I say. I think Jordan Love's going to play well against probably the best defense left. Right? Potenti- I mean, the 49ers are the best. Oh Yeah, opinion, they're the, the best, best defense yes. left. But I mean, I think them the Chiefs plays well, and I don't know if they can run the ball like they did last week against Dallas. But I think I he's think that's that, 40, though, man. that I'm 49ers offense him. might put up. They might put up 40 on the pack. That's
1: the best. I mean, can we just be honest here? The only two teams that I thought could beat them in the NFC are out: the Eagles and the Cowboys.
0: Oh, only yeah, two, no, I didn't like, think either could go out there and win.
1: Oh, I I thought that those are the two teams that could go on a roll and do it. You know, we saw the Eagles get to the Super Bowl and a couple minutes away from winning it last year, and it was a lot of the same team. And then the Cowboys, I just that team just has a lot of firepower everywhere. It seems like. Um, and then who's the other NFC last game?
0: I was always told that Baker Mayfield can't win, but here he is in the divisional round playing Detroit. Like OBJ to Senior told me that Baker Mayfield's a scrub, and they ran him out of Cleveland, and then they traded maybe the worst trade in the history of the NFL to get Deshaun Watson. And now here's Baker playing Detroit.
1: If the NFL it's didn't CBC, have the wor- if the NFL didn't have that horrible. Fumble out in the end zone rule, where you give the ball back to the other team on the twenty. Um, the it. Browns would have beat the Chiefs and gone to the championship with um, in the AFC championship. But um, with who? I think the Buck with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, with Baker Mayfield, he had a great game that game. Um, I think the Buccaneers get destroyed.
0: I don't think they get destroyed. I, I think don't, but bad. I do think the Lions. Will. I, think, I don't think the Lions think, are going to destroy anybody. No, anymore. I think the
1: Buccaneers are a bad
0: team. Well, they made the Eagles look really bad.
1: I think the Eagles were a bad team. The way they were playing, I think they are a really talented team, yeah. but I think they were playing like a bad so,
0: team. So um, Lions Buccaneers... Niners, you got Lions Niners. I am yeah. in agreement. I'm going Ravens. I'm taking the chalk. I'm going Ravens. Um, I like D'Amico
1: Ryan so much that I just want him to make it to the championship game.
0: You know what's going to happen, right? The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl somehow. After all of I this. I told you that before the playoffs started. But you just picked against him.
1: Yeah, I did. But that doesn't mean <laughs> anything. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. We know this. <laughs> Yeah. I told him, Patrick Mahomes is the most dangerous quarterback in the playoffs because he's the only team, he's the only one left in the playoffs right now. I think that it doesn't matter who he's playing with, he can beat you by himself.
0: I love that. Him and and Rashi Rice. Lions offense. I don't know. I don't trust their defense, but I love That's why I think Tampa stays in it. Uh, well, that going offense back to the Buccaneers with Buccaneers. Gibbs, down. Montgomery, Amon Ra, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams starting to play. Sam Laporta from St. Louis. I, I love it. Let's go. He's,
1: played, he's a full go of practice, too. Great. He um, played last week. And Jared Goff's just a solid quarterback. He's not great, but he's good. He's unflappable. Um, but we're forgetting that the Buccaneers had their playoff hopes were on the line to win the NFC South. And in week 17, I'm mean 18, they. Scored nine against the Carolina Panthers. The Lions better destroy that team. I'm sorry.
0: Should be the Saints, by the way. It and be for the some Saints reason Baker's week.
1: like not throwing to Mike Evans anymore. I don't know what's going on.
0: I don't like that. This, team very this much. town is already electric because of the Smarty Gras season. We just announced Jazz Fest today. But could you it should be the Saints and the Lions this week? Going to play, the story's great. Going to play the guy who would have been the head coach here had Sean Payton left a year early in Dan Campbell. And then they would never hired him, you know. Oh, I think they would have. He was their yeah. guy, man. They loved him. He's Mickey too. He's him.
1: too much of a good.
0: Can we talk about Mickey Loomis' gum chewing habits.
1: <sighs> no, we need to get if out of here.
0: If you ever, if you ever get on, if you ever get a job and you do that, it's gonna be a' G- I'm, I'm not a so gonna be a GM. GM
1: I'm tell you that much. I'm so apparently, he had a cough, and he was trying to mask cough yeah, by chewing said, gum. But, which, by the way, never heard that in my life.
0: Get a freaking like man. Car- he's he loves that gum more than Pete Carroll does.
1: Pete Carroll should be the head coach of the Saints, but that's
0: a different conversation. Okay, all right, let's get out of here. Um, next week, player profile start. I think. we I think we're gonna line up some contraris like, take well well we'll see yeah probably that's that's a good one i think we'll line up some guests for the player profiles too to have them come on Can we get wilson
1: on someone, get, uh, someone get a hold of wilson yeah, i would love to talk to him by the way we're maybe not gonna get into this he since would love us we're not gonna get into this since we're about done here but um if you haven't go to brennan Schaefer's youtube channel he's a lot of the pressers on there or birds in the black where kyle recorded them. go watch wilson's presser i love that guy he's yeah, one of my same. favorite players because i've signed in a long time
0: all right he's awesome all right he's very endearing um Once again, thank you, everybody. We greatly appreciate you. Hopefully you have an amazing rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. Go Cards!